Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back once again to the Crew First Culture Podcast. This is Jeremy again, and I want to thank you very much for spending some time with me today. Definitely want to take advantage of that time and and hopefully try to add some value to your life. So that being said, I'm going to jump right into it. So this morning, came home from work. It was just one of those mornings where I, I have been in a routine as far as what I've listened to or what I've been listening to on the commute because I've been in the middle of a, a pretty lengthy book, been listening to Thinking Fast and Slow. And I think it's like 18, 19 hours audio wise. So pretty lengthy. But this morning, all of that kind of got thrown aside because I was I was given something that really flipped my mind around a little bit. My friend Mark sent me a a link to a, just a short, basically a TikTok version of a video or an interview with Deion Sanders. And, you know, of course it was just a couple minutes long, but really, really impactful just in that couple minutes. And of course I had to look up the full interview after I saw that and, and found it. And it was about 28 minutes long and man, it, there were some things in there that, I, it almost like changed a, a, I don't know, a way of thinking for me, a, a paradigm or whatever you want to call it and, and not really changed. It just almost opened my eyes to something. And that's something that, you know, I didn't plan on doing an episode today, but it was something that I felt so strongly about that I want to share. And that's, that's what I'm doing today is sharing that. And so one of the, the the things that really kind of jumped out at me in that short video before that, that made me want to look up the big one was part of what Dion was saying. He said, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be present. And the context behind that was, you know, God doesn't expect him to be perfect. He just expects them to show up and to do what he can, you know, basically. And, so as I looked up that that full interview, interview was done by a pastor, David Emmert, and I'll try to put that link in the notes. But like I said, it, as he talked about some of those things about his, you know, the success he had on the field and, and money and, and everything that comes with money and fame, he was empty. He was struggling. He he was in hell basically is what that is how he described it at the top of his game with everything at his fingertips that anybody could ever ask for. He was in hell. And I think first of all, that's something for all of us to sit there and really soak up. You know, if, if you aren't happy with what you have right now, you're not going to be happy with more. If, if you aren't satisfied with the life you're living right now, money is not going to cure that. Uh, fame is not going to cure that. The ability to run from your problems in alcohol or, or whatever else you choose is not going to cure that. It, it took him falling down to the lowest low inside and, and surrendering to God 
as he would say, to really see what is possible and to be happy and to be fulfilled. And so the, the, the longer interview kind of describes that journey. And it's, it's really, it was really neat to listen to because I, you know, I'm a Braves fan. I, I listen, I watched Dion play with them for years as a kid. And even though I wasn't really a big fan of, of the persona that he put on that primetime character that he created, I, I did really respect his, his, the way he played, the way he put everything into it. And so, you know, being able to see the person he is now is, is really just it gained a lot of respect for me, for him. And especially with how open and how just willing to share that he is, even though he's getting a lot of heat from some of these organizations that, you know, are against religion and this and that, he's still not afraid to speak freely of his spirituality and his faith. So in this interview, he, he says something that, that that really kind of made me think that some of these things I've been talking about lately, you know, your, your comparison of other people, your, the anxiety, the shame, the the fear, the imposter syndrome, it, it's it's they, those go in so many different directions. It, it's not just they just affect work or they just affect people that are putting themselves out there socially or they just affect your home life. They they affect everything. If if they are present, they affect everything, and that everything includes your spirituality. And so as he was talking, that really hit me in the face. And, and I'll try to just kind of work my way through this. He talked about, you know, before he came back to God, when, when he was struggling on the inside, you know, not on the outside, he was excelling by everybody else's standard of, of measurements. You know, he was at the top of his game. But he he was drawn in that direction, drawn spiritually to to come to God. But inside, he thought that he could not be the person that God required him to be. You know, his his vision or his the the what he had in his mind of a of a Christian of a of a spiritual person was somebody that you know, was was perfect was completely upright and and never made mistakes and and this and that and I'm not trying to directly quote what he said but I'm just telling you kind of where he was going with that because I think that a lot of people are dealing with this same thing and I think that so many people need to hear this and as he said that it was like a light flipped on to me and it was like wow that that is the imposter syndrome of spirituality and how important is that for people to start to hear because how many people out there are avoiding that call from god the the pulling of their heart 
toward the, the way they need to be going because they don't think that they can measure up to that vision they have in their head of what a Christian is, of what somebody that God loves looks like, of what a child of God truly is. And then I think back to, to my youth, you know, I was, I was raised in the church. Every, every time the doors were open, we were there. And that is a, a deep, deep family thing. And I have nothing bad to say about that, but I look back at a time and I, I don't know why this was so striking to me, but so I, I grew up in the, the church of Christ, which if you don't know anything about they, it's, it's strictly vocal singing. That's, that's a big sticking point for that particular church. No, no instruments. And so I remember a time when a family that, uh, you know, I, I, we were at this church for quite a while. And this particular family was a family that we spent a lot of time with and, and really had a great connection with. And, and I loved that family. And they, for whatever reason, they moved, they, they left our church went to another church and this church had a couple instruments. I don't even know what the heck instruments they were now. I don't remember any other details except for these details that I'm sharing with you. And that was truly like a point of, Oh, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that, that they would do this. I, I, I don't understand why they would turn away from what they know to be right and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was younger when all this was happened, so I wasn't even privy to a lot of the conversations I'm sure were happening. But I, I was privy to enough of it to understand and to really start to question, why are we talking about people that we love like this? <laughs> Period. Just just because they're going to a different church and, and just this so happens this church has a, a guitar and a keyboard or something that that's why we're viewing these people as honestly less than I know that those words were probably never said definitely not to me but that's that's the talk that's the sense that we were putting out there or that that you know the the adults were putting out there and that can't help but affect a person as you grow up. You know, if that's something that happened as, as a young kid and I'm sitting here recounting it as a, a 45 year old, it, it obviously had some type of effect on me, which means it probably has skewed the way I think and feel about certain situations, even, even if I didn't want it to. And so that being the case, if, if that's what I grew up in and, and, and I am seeing and hearing that you have to do this, this and this to be a child of God, to be to be right with God. And and you can't mess up. And, and, and you know, the, the preacher, he doesn't ever share anything because most preachers aren't vulnerable enough to share their issues. You know, they they are like the, the formal leaders. 
in the world that want to show they're infallible and, and pillars of strength, but they're just people. And just the fact that they are just people means that everything I just said is a lie. They are not pillars of strength. They are not perfect. They are not infallible. They're people. But this is the vision that was kind of implanted in me. And so growing up, that's that's what I that's what that picture looked like for me. And just like Dion describes, you know, I, I, I totally understand. Why would I think that I would be good enough for God to love if if all it takes was to to listen to a couple instruments, you know, in in a church service that you are going to when you could be doing other things to to lose his love. <laughs> and and please don't I, I have nothing, nothing against my church, the, the church I, I grew up with. Basically, all my family still is involved in that church. I, I love each and every one of them. I have nothing bad to say about any of that. I am just questioning and I am just trying to really get everybody out there to question what are we doing to to really either help or deter people from coming to God? If this is the image that we're putting out there to what you have to be, is is that going to be is that going to be something that is easily just accessible to people? If, if I don't know anything about God and, and a man of God comes up to me and, and tells me, you know, Jesus loves you as long as you're doing this, this and this and, and this. And as long as you're you're going to church this amount of time. So come be a part of this and, and Jesus will love you. Well, that makes me feel pretty hopeless right out of the gate before I even start. And and I I don't I don't mean to go this far into it. I honestly didn't. But I think there's so much to be said about that imposter syndrome dealing with spirituality. You know, you do not have to be perfect. Absolutely not. You are a person. You are going to mess up. You are going to have faults. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to fail over and over and over again. There is only one person that has ever walked this earth that hasn't been that way. And, and he's the one that is standing there with open arms calling you forward. He's the one that has blessed you with the gifts that you have, the purpose that you've been given. Why why would he be somebody that is trying to push you away because you aren't perfect? I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be present. That's a pretty powerful statement to me. And it means so much to me. And I know there are so many people out there that are hesitant. You know, 
I, I will I will be very honest, very vulnerable right now and say that I am not a religious person anymore. We rarely go to church. And I will say this as a, a qualifier to that. I don't I'm not proud of that. That's not something I'm bragging about. I I do miss that. I do miss that for my kids. But at the same time, I am 100% sure that we can serve and praise God in any setting, in any moment of our life. I can have a relationship with God no matter where I am. I don't have to go to church to, to create that. I don't have to be in a, a building that is deemed by a human being as something more important than any other building. I just have to be there with God. I just have to be present. And, you know, like I said, we have all been given gifts, gifts that, that we will never deserve, never be able to pay back. We've all been given a purpose that is beyond anything that any of us could ever imagine. And we've got lots of choices. We can sit on those. We can let them rot and throw them in the basement, never to be thought about, completely waste them, help nobody, just survive life the best we can and and drudge through another day. Or we can use those gifts. We can stretch our legs and, and learn what it truly feels like to be blessed and loved by God. We can pursue that purpose that we have been given. Figure out what that is. Figure out who we are. Figure out who we were meant to be. That's that's what I want to do. I, I have wasted my gifts a lot in my life. A big piece of that was I had no idea what that even meant. How, how do you know what to do with your gifts when you don't really even understand that? And that's another thing. You, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to have been raised since you were a baby in the church. To be loved by God. To, to understand these things. To, to learn about you know, the stories of the Bible and what they mean. How they can impact your own life. How they can help you impact others' lives. You don't have to be raised in the church to, to learn about the life of Jesus. And all the many, many lessons that are there to learn from that. You don't, you don't have to do anything in a formal building or a formal religion to access that stuff. You just have to be present with him to do it.
talk with him, read with him. Surrender to him. Just like Dion said, he he didn't understand what it was, what it meant to surrender to God. But but when it had finally happened and and he had no other option, it was just like the Westerns. When you see the, the people coming out of the saloon with their hands up saying, you got me, I surrender. You do not have to be anything special to be loved by God. You do not have to be anything beyond what you are today for him to accept you as his child. He knows what you are. He knows who you are. He knows where you're at. He knows what you struggle with. He also knows that you're not ever going to overcome those things on your own. So if you're one of the, the many, many, many people that claim, well, I, I'm going to get on the right path with myself and get myself straightened up. And then, you know, then I'm going to go to church or then I'm going to find God or this and that. It doesn't work like that. It will not ever work like that. You are good enough for God's love as you are. You don't have to wear a three-piece suit. You don't have to drive a, a nice car to church. You don't have to wear a dress to be loved. You just have to surrender to his will and accept that he has a path laid out for you and only you, because he loves you. And if you don't do that, if you don't surrender and you don't accept that path and pursue that path, nobody ever will. It will be a path that nobody else can take because it was made for you. So how many people will go on without being impacted by you if that's what you do? How many people will go on living a life uninspired because you weren't there to inspire them? How many people Are you leaving to a life that could be better? Because you think you're not good enough. You are. So if this is something that you have thought about, it's no different than the, than the imposter syndrome that I've talked about about myself with the podcasting or social media that I still struggle with to this very day. And it still makes me angry that I do. 
I tell myself it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is doing what, where I'm at in the numbers and and, and none of it matters. Who needs to hear me is going to hear me. If, if what I say resonates with you, that's not by coincidence. And it's not because I am an excellent speaker or, or I have anything special about me. It resonates in you because you have a fire that is similar to mine. Because you have questions that need to be answered like I do. Because you have a purpose inside that you know you need to be following and pursuing just like I do. And so when I speak of these things, it resonates with you because that is what you're also fighting inside. That's no coincidence. So I, I will leave you with this, I think. You know, I don't want to start talking in circles. I, I hope that I was able to to really kind of put to words some of these in, really impactful thoughts that are in my mind. If if it wasn't very impactful listening to it, I promise you it's a lot better in my mind. So I I am going to continue to try to get those words out in a way that, that truly conveys the importance that they have as they're going through my mind, because sometimes it's not the easiest thing for me to do. It's not the easiest thing for any of us to do, but like he said, I'm, I'm, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be present. I just have to try to pursue what I know to be best, what I know to be my purpose, what I know to be the mission I am here for. And that is this, you know, if, if a hundred people hear this, that's great. If, if two people really actually listen to the whole thing and get something out of it, that's amazing. I, I, I can't ask for anything more than that. So thank you for your time. Please reach out if, if you have any questions or, or concerns or, or thoughts or whatever, please like, and share the podcast. If, if it is making something change if it is adding value whatever if if you're getting something out of it please share and and help get that message out further and you know just keep pushing keep pushing there's a lot of people out there struggling a lot of people out there that are fighting fights that they don't need to fight because the fight is already won we just have to give it to them give it to him so with that i will talk to you next time thank you so much for your attention until then stay humble and do work